Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how your lover's clothing could improve your sleep, how astronauts grew vegetables in space for the first time, and ancient animals that were connected by a crude version of the internet. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Here's some weird advice for the happy couples out there. The next time you spend a night apart, toss out your pillowcase and replace it with your partner's unwashed shirt. New research from the University of British Columbia suggests you'll probably sleep better if you have the scent of your bay hanging around. For this study, the researchers analyzed sleep data from 155 participants who were given two identical-looking t-shirts to use as pillowcases. One of the t-shirts had been worn by the participant's romantic partner for a full 24 hours, with no deodorant or scented body products to interfere, and the other had either been worn by a stranger, gross, or never worn at all. The shirts were frozen to preserve their scent. The participants went to sleep with activity monitoring watches on, and they completed surveys about their sleep when they woke up. And on average, participants said they felt more well-rested on nights when they thought the t-shirt belonged to their partners. The more impressive was that data from the sleep watches also showed that the participants' sleep objectively improved when they were exposed to their partner's scent. Their average sleep efficiency improved more than 2% on nights when they had their partner's shirts in bed with them. Sleep efficiency is the ratio of time spent asleep to time spent in bed, and that improvement in sleep efficiency is similar to what researchers have seen when people use melatonin to help them sleep. Pretty big difference. As the researchers point out, many people wear their partner's shirt when their partner is away. A survey of U.S. college students found that 70% of women and 25% of men reported sleeping with a partner's previously worn clothing while they were away. Clearly, people get some feeling of comfort and security from the scent of their beloved, and the science bears that out. The takeaway here is pretty simple. The next time you or your partner go out of town, keep one of their dirty shirts on hand. It's not silly. It's science. You'll probably sleep better. Yeah, this is particularly interesting during this era of sheltering in place. If you don't live with your partner like, and you're, you're far away from them, what do you do? I feel like it's sort of weird, but maybe you could mail your shirt to your partner. <laughs> is that weird? Maybe you swing by and just drop off your dirty laundry. There you go. Then they can sleep with it and then do it for you. Boom. No, no, that is not romance. <laughs> what? It is if you both do it. Oh, like each you, you exchange your laundry. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. How excited do you think you could get about a few leaves of romaine lettuce? Okay, but what if it was your first vegetable in a while? Because you'd been eating a lot of freeze-dried food because you're an astronaut on the International Space Station? Yeah, you'd probably be pretty excited. And that's not a hypothetical question. Astronauts on the ISS and researchers at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida recently announced that they had grown the first crops of space lettuce aboard the International Space Station. Growing food in space is a big deal for a lot of reasons. Traditional space food isn't known for being delicious. It's mostly processed, prepackaged stuff like freeze-dried fruit, chocolate, nuts, and microwavable just-add-water meals. And that all might sound familiar if you're living on quarantine rations right now, am I right? That's a pretty monotonous diet, so fresh veggies are a boost to morale. But space station-to-table fare does more than jazz up astronauts' meals. Fresh produce is also rich in important nutrients that aren't common in typical space food. 
It's important for astronauts to get plenty of potassium and vitamins K, B1, and C to stay healthy, especially on the longer missions NASA has planned. The astronauts-turned-farmers grew several crops of red romaine lettuce under LED lights in specially designed chambers called Vegetable Production Systems, or veggies for short. Back on Earth, scientists used veggies to grow their own crops of the same lettuce variety, which the researchers used as a control to determine how the differences in gravity and radiation levels affected the lettuce grown in space. It turned out that the space-grown greens were safe to eat, and maybe even a little more nutritious. Some of the lettuce samples from space had higher levels of potassium, sodium, phosphorus, sulfur, and zinc. They also had higher levels of phenolics, which are molecules with proven antiviral, anti-cancer, and anti-inflammatory activity. The researchers also identified the microbes that grew on the plant's leaves and roots. To their surprise, the same species of bacteria and fungi thrived on both the Earth lettuce and the space lettuce. After taking all the data into account, the researchers gave the all-clear for eating lettuce grown in veggie units aboard the ISS. In the future, they want to try growing other leafy crops, and maybe even peppers and tomatoes. Here's to even more delicious experiments. This next story is about a species that dominated its ecosystem. This species forms tight-knit communities connected by wires they used for chatting, dating, and ordering food. Sound familiar? Well, I'm not talking about humans connected by the internet. I'm talking about rangomorphs fern-shaped animals that colonized the seafloor half a billion years ago. These early organisms were connected by a network of filaments that was surprisingly similar to the internet. This was near the end of the Ediacaran period, when the microscopic, single-celled organisms that once dominated the planet began to give way to larger, more complex animals. Complex is a relative term, though. Rangomorphs were some of the earliest animals on the planet, but they didn't have mouths or internal organs. Their fern-shaped bodies grew to around two meters long, so just a little taller than I am, and they grew up on shallow seabeds and stayed there. After all, they had no way to move because they had no muscles or bones. That's puzzling to paleontologists, since despite all these disadvantages, rangomorphs were pretty successful as a species. They're super common in the fossil record, and seemed to have colonized huge areas of the sea floor. It seemed unlikely that they would dominate the landscape by just absorbing nutrients from seawater. And that's why it was such a breakthrough to discover that whole populations of them were interconnected by fibrous filaments, some up to 4 meters, or about 13 feet long. Researchers found these connections in seven different species of rangomorphs, and they probably served a range of purposes. Researchers think that they were mostly used for reproduction by cloning, in the same way many modern fungi reproduce. But since the filaments seem to connect many individuals of similar sizes, researchers think they also had other purposes, like distributing nutrients and communicating with each other. This fundamentally changes how paleontologists have to think about these early animals. The fact that they may have had a relatively complex communications network will force researchers to re-examine what they know about these animals, especially how they competed for space and food. Discoveries like this teach us that even the simplest animals can be full of surprises, even after 500 million years. Let's wrap up and recap what we learned today. Well, we learned that if you're separated from your special someone and you want to sleep better, try sleeping with their dirty shirt. Sounds gross, but it works. Definitely done this before. 
Just saying. We also learned that astronauts grew lettuce in space, and it was even healthier than it is here on Earth. What a delicious snack it is when you can eat something that's, you know, not the same thing you always eat. I mean, we're all astronauts right now, aren't we? (laughs) I mean, we're not eating a lot of fresh vegetables. We're eating a lot of just prepackaged stuff. I wish I could grow lettuce in my kitchen. And we learned that ancient animals called rangemorphs were connected by a kind of crude internet. It reminds me of the root systems underneath forests, how trees will actually talk to each other and send each other nutrients. Yeah, nature rules. Yeah. (laughs) Good talk. Good talk. (laughs) Today's stories were written by Kelsey Dunk, Grant Curran, and Cameron Duke, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Thank you.